Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. I'm Brian Moss. And man, are we in for a fun show. This is one of those ones I call, this one's for your eyeballs, everybody at home. Sizzling. As we get into uh, these blacklight posters, you will be uh, having a good day. But first, Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that we make. My latest is Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. Uh, to give you some sense of scale, this is comic book size, poster size. Uh, these are available now in your local comic shop. There will be a collection in January that's oversized, not quite the size of the posters, but pretty big. Pre-order that now wherever you get books. And Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Alive, fresh back on the stands after being out of print for a year from Image Comics. Eight complete stories of my homeless ninja hero on a skateboard. Pick that one up in time for Christmas. Perfect gift uh, this holiday season. Ed Piscor's Red Room, the anti-social network and trigger warnings. Both available in stores now. These are completely self-contained uh, self stories, four complete stories in each issue. So pick these things up. Whichever book you see first is the perfect place to start. And our special guest host today, Brian Moss, his latest efforts, The Eightfold Path, an illustrated graphic novel that he is responsible for. Same publisher. Yes. Mm -hmm. Abrams. And... Outer Heaven, number one, his latest comic book available from his Etsy store or from his... <laughs> that's like the finest of fine <laughs> We'll go Chris Ware with it, man. Strange, Strange Things Moss is where you're going to find Yeah, Brian track stuff. that down on his Patreon or Etsy. But we are here today to kind of like celebrate a, uh, a really interesting object. These are the blacklight posters that Marvel made with Third Eye Publications in 1971. I would always see these things. I love blacklight posters. I've made six or eight of them myself in the last couple of years. But I would see these things at comic book conventions. Very expensive for one of these. Several hundred dollars for one. And uh, because we live in the Matrix, last year Abrams reissued a set of these things at a very affordable price. Um, I don't know, man. 24 by 36 maybe. They're yeah. very big. Very large posters. And I'm super excited to see one of these in the flesh. They come in a very nice box set, and uh, even that cover of the box set is a thing of beauty. That is. Mm -hmm. So we'll just kind of leaf through these and, uh, you know, talk talk a little shop and just marvel at their beauty because, like, this comes out in the early 70s, and we talked about, like, what's the genesis of this? Besides the poster company seeing something, Stan Lee's out on the college campuses, man, banging the drum for Marvel Comics, being hip and new college kids man they still sell posters on college campuses today so some genius looked at the marvel comics they were a hit on those college campuses and thought we can sell some of this stuff let's get together and that's what they did for several years and you can see who wouldn't want that on their walls in the uh, in the early 70s man probably a little bit of pharmaceutical enhancements <laughs> making these things pushing them over the top that, that mk ultra shit right <laughs> taking some of that mk ultra and there's like look at some of this shit dude like just a blue right a blue p and it's then, so strange, like, is that a misprint somewhere on the original, on the reprint? I don't know the answer, but it is an oddity to see that. Jimmy, do you think that this is printed the way that your Octobriana stuff is, where it had to be printed like two times with the inks? You know what, I bet you it is. Most of my prints are screen prints, uh -huh. which is a different process. But I did do Octobriana, the world's first blacklight comic, and it was offset printed where I was doing fluorescent inks as spot colors, which is what I think you have here. If you touch them, they're very smooth, so it feels like offset printing. And for real fluorescent ink, you need to hit it twice. So I'm betting Abrams, I'm, I'm betting that's what they did. And uh, a lot of Jack Kirby art in these series. As it should be. Yeah. It's iconic, it's big already, and it's just, 
it pops. If like you, if you got this day glow color, if you got to hit it two times, that means you have two chances to fuck up registration. So he's got a very chunky ink line that you know if you go off a couple millimeters, you might not notice it. From a production standpoint, you know, comics lend themselves really well to this kind of printing for that reason, because of those big heavy lines to start with. I don't know if my eyes are doing this optical trick, but like maybe these two are different colors than that. Oh yeah, they actually are red. Yeah, I can see that too, because if you match it from here to there, yep. then you can see it. Good eye. That's such a strange effect, you know, like it's one of those things I would do if I thought of it, but who would think of that? Right. right. And you can see some of the off-register actually from maybe the double hit. Yeah, a little bit like in the uh, in the pink stripes too. And it's kind of fun to see like, some colors I think lend themselves better. Like the fluorescent blue does not pop the way a fluorescent pink does, but you put that pink on top of like the red, the Captain America red, white, and blue, and that pink really sings, man. It's such a bright one. I always think like the pink and the yellow for these day glow colors is the exceptional stuff. And speaking of like perfect subject matter for a blacklight poster, exactly. who could be better than Doctor Strange? Yeah, if you think about this stuff, it actually is pretty risky for Marvel even at the time to do something like this because they really rely on the color for their character's iconography. So to completely throw that out the window or have a simulation of that is actually pretty remarkable because I mean, think about it. You, they know the audience buying this. You know what I mean? You're it's th like you're a thousand percent right, man. Like you, like you don't. Your Spider-Man is incomplete until you like put the red and the blue down. And when you do that, you fill it in inside. Man. Yeah. Like after drawing a million, you know, Spider-Man just in black and white. When you start to put color, it's like, oh, now now it officially is Spider-Man. Is something happening to your eyes with the green and blue when you're looking at that? Because there is definitely some trickery happening. I'm seeing sizzling. I'm seeing movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's pretty odd. And I was looking at like the overprinting oh, yeah. on oh, some yeah. of these back colors, including this big like orange pink planet. You know, you can really see where the where the color is doing something weird with the black lines. It makes me wonder how they even reproduce these. If they I were mean, like scanning. This is a screen. Yeah, yeah it's, it's peculiar, right? Yeah. Or no, I see it going over top of that too. It happens a lot. It's it's in a lot of part of this. You know, it's it's throughout this art. Like you'll see kind of this effect, which makes me wonder if they are doing something from the original prints and I don't know man it's a weird mashup it's real fun like in Dan Klaus patience uh, in the and papers and things like the crate he brings a lot of new colors into into his mm -hmm. cartooning uh, in in patience and I think a lot of it is inspired by like the, the black light posters and and seeing this you know because this is the constipated totally straight arrow fucking Steve Ditko never touched a you know anything his idea of psychedelia or mysticism or whatever um and that's and that's Klaus also I love the uh the cosmos like the distance stuff where like now you're putting these day glow colors on all the stars and all the weird planets just structures. such a mosaic you know it's a um, stained glass window yeah it is gotta love this one uh, a little bit of a Hulk a Hulk uh, piece in here. And I think this set reproduces half of the original posters that were created. Uh, so not quite a complete run, but... Well, that'll be for volume two. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But you see like all the marquee characters would get some treatment. And some of this stuff, this is uh, this is from an actual Hulk comic. Yeah. Where uh, he's shrunk down to micro world where he meets the love of his life, Jarella, in this subatomic world. I feel like those mushrooms very apt yes. for uh, where this panel ends up going. And I think it's a Herb Trimpey on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't name all the names of the art. Like, I like I don't know who this is, man. I've never seen this image. But yeah, so here, this is how you can tell the way it's supposed to go. Oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. And who was the art on that? Dean Colin. Makes sense. Fun to see the, uh, you know, like like the iconic artist associated with the Submariner mm -hmm. get to do that. And you don't see a ton of Gene Colin Spider-Man. And that is bizarre. If that's the right? orientation. Even the orientation. Very I question it because it's weird, but it could be. You know what else is strange is the dot pattern. Yeah. Because you can see it on screen. There's a moray. There's a moray, but there's also like... It feels like there are these bigger dots. Like it's some kind of reference to the old dots of comics right. that blew them up. Yeah, we'll go to Lichtenstein. But there are moray patterns. Pop. That is weird. I'd like to see the original of this and see how that compares. Pop art comics. There's some stuff going on. Speaking of stuff going on, the heel on Spider-Man's shoes, not a standard part of the <laughs> Spider-Man costume. <laughs> that one's great. Classic joint. Absolutely amazing. Perfect. Another one. It's like the perfect composition for this kind of a poster. It's funny that Alex Ross uh, yeah, stuff makes so much sense. It, now, it, right? I was. You took the words out of my fucking <laughs> mouth man, because he even uses this kind of composition in right. those like later later pages. Uh, but you took the words straight out of my lips. Feels like there's some experimentation if you are uh, Third Eye or if you're Marvel at this stage. Mm -hmm. Like with this logo, I've never seen that Fantastic Four logo. So trying to figure out like how do we. How do we make these posters if you're the manufacturer of the posters? This intense background stuff, mm -hmm. it's not far from that fucking Argo shit that, that Jack Kirby drew for the CIA. Right. Yeah, that's another one. I'd love to know, like, did Kirby look at this stuff and get some kind of almost like a feedback loop of right. like, inspiration from it? Because he did a super saturated uh, Doc Martin dies sci-fi images yeah, with that kind of poppy right color. In. Look at the weird coloring choice on Johnny's story. Yeah, I would say that just doesn't work. That's the only part where I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. The dudes, Way off model. There were dudes involved in the MK Ultra for the coloring of this shit, and they were just like, yeah, a little green here, a little pink there, a little fucking pink. You, you know what does legs. work for me, though, are the giant-headed, mm -hmm. I don't know, alien, the perfect beings for your weird blacklight poster. Look at Medusa getting some treatment. Yes, yeah, like what? How about that, man? Talk about a great image from a Jack Kirby, uh, you know, Jack Kirby's pen. Still doing the dot thing like you pointed out before. Yeah, really strange treatment on dots. And again, I, I need to look at the original poster to see like what the treatment is for that because that does not feel... Yeah, this feels more right. contemporary. That feels like something modern, you know what I mean? So I'd be curious as well. You know, the stuff to me that really works besides like the great drawing is having these giant letter mm -hmm. forms like... It's just very 60s Marvel-esque. I don't think it's a bad thing to sort of show some of this stuff off like that even. So you yeah. get the full full deal. Really great stuff. Yeah, see, like the, even with this, the Alex Ross shit, mm -hmm. we're just cutting in weird complimentary so colors. strange choices, like her eyes being colored dark green. Very bizarre. You think you pop your uh, whatever color the teeth are, put that the around same, your, yeah. the, the whites of your eyes. Kind of makes her more mysterious, you know, having that the eyes just drop out almost. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh, this is like Vince Coletta too. I bet. <laughs> Let me see if this is Vinny. It's gotta be Vinny Inks. Yeah, what a surprise, huh? Uh, I think that's another good treatment, though. I think most of these characters marry well with this color palette. Definitely. You, know, you think of the Rainbow Bridge and to, to Asgard, and it's like, yeah, that's a pretty good fit. Any of the cosmic stuff. It just lends itself to this color palette. 
I'd be really curious about these borders because I don't know the originals um, in the sense of like what that was done with this. Because sometimes I like it, but if on here, I find it kind of distracting. So if I was to frame these, yeah. I, might, I would probably crop it, you know, there. I wonder if they considered that or like with the choices or if that's from the original print as well. Yeah, it kind of hurts my feelings that I don't have an original that yeah. I can weigh in on this. But even like making them black, I think might mm -hmm. even be a piece to really put put your focus in on the actual artwork. Yeah, so. I remember you saying whenever you were putting together Octobriana and stuff, like that, like black is very important for these black light posters. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'm gonna call it a uh, Gene Colon on this one. Yeah, totally. And again. This is such a maximizing of the blacklight poster and that you have your cosmos as your figure. You know, yeah. it's, it's like the nightmare coming out. <laughs> yeah, this DMT. <laughs> yeah, this one would be you the one. The Grim Reaper. <laughs> you, you do not want to uh, do too many of those drugs in the late 60s, don't, early 70s and have this on the wall. Don't take the brown acid, man. <laughs> do not take the brown. That is right. Man, I love it. I love that this figure's coming sideways and coming out at you. Isn't this a weird tangent here, guys? Like that yellow in there? I don't know what that's from. It's like your base color. Yeah. Like that's do, what do you think that oh, that's the paper? It actually might be the paper. Oh, yeah. If the text is yellow. Uh, no. Yeah. I wonder, like, this image looks like it's collaged together, too, because there are a couple of strange tangents, you know, like the glove right on the edge of our figure. Mm -hmm. That one feels a little, little bit weird and really pronounced with the blue line of his arm, or the blue color of his arm going in. That's just a nightmarish image. Oh yeah. Another cool Here's one. our cover piece. You know, the Iron Man from the cover of this box set. Again, Gene Colan just killing it, man. Such an underrated art artist. I'm such a fan of his. This may be my favorite of the batch. And you know, Brian, no border. Exactly. You know, yeah. like it really makes it feel bigger. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want in a poster. Like, I want these figures to be as big as possible. And our boy is pushing the edges of the poster. Like, he wants to be even bigger. It's even like breaking the frame, you know? Like, like where you'd break the frame to emphasize size of this character. I love it's I did it, because I'm planning the frame, uh, I can't, this uh, <laughs> Tim Hensley print that he did years ago. And it's it's the exact inverse of this, of this print. The funny thing about this is that it's traditional, like Iron Man colors, they got it kind of to his local color, you know? He really looks good this color and having the orange as a little mm -hmm. bit of a shadow on the yeah. leg really works. This is actually a good display of like how to color if you're gonna like do something that's like a little bit more creative outside of the traditional form. You know, this is like a nice way to push it, you know? Love the giant sound effect as part of the composition too. I was wondering where DD was in the mix of things. Some this of these, I, I never saw some of these. And I've, yeah. you know, I've done Google searches and things for it. I do not remember seeing Daredevil. I think... Another colon? Should be. Yeah, Gene Colon and inks by John Tartaglione. Not, a, not an inker, I recognize his name, but... Heavily represented in uh, these, these Blacklight posters. You would think more Kirby, right? But it's the 70s. Like, it was, he was probably considered old-fashioned. He's working for the enemy, That's 1971, yeah. 72, you know, like he's over at DC, so maybe Marvel doesn't want to want to put too much on him. The bummer for me is this like faded out pink. If you replace that with your yellow, this would really hurt yeah, your God. eyes. And that's what I want, you know, yeah. like I want this stuff to like burn when you put it. <laughs> it's one of those challenges. Like when I did Octobriana, it was really cool because I basically had seven colors. You know, yeah. like you, unless you wanted to do something like this that wasn't really fluorescent, that's what you were stuck with. 
So, yeah, it's uh, it's different. Damn, we're going B-list now. Right. We're fucking more, more yeah. Gene Colon, huh? Gene Colon is your uh, is your MVP of this setup. Yeah, it looks like, you know. And again, this really lends itself. You know, these lines feel like they're right out of that psychedelic time period. What I've noticed, the images that they're picking for most of them are these weird orientations. I mean, like they're, it's like which way's up, which way's down. You can go really any direction with these. You know, even with something that's floating, like the previous one, that still kind of like gives it that feel of like orientation, you know? Yeah, it's so much fun. I can almost imagine like hanging this on a wall upside down. Yeah, exactly. And you would know it was upside down from the lettering, but otherwise, yeah, it's kind of great. Still works, yeah. You know, it almost swims around as you're looking at it on mm -hmm. a wall, and more of that color variation in the lettering feels very deliberate here and thought, you know, thought out. Very cool. I, I like whenever they mash up like a pink and an orange. Mm -hmm. Those things work well together. The green's a little bit dark. Man, I struggle with this stuff because like I'm always specking out the the inks for it, and it's like I want my green to be almost the fluorescent yellow yeah. style. So <laughs> it's such a such a cool thing to see. I'm so glad that you have these, Brian. This yeah, is I've totally. been wanting to see this set forever in person. I think it's a really cool reissue, mm -hmm. and uh, I love that whenever I think Marvel does a good job with like, yeah, let's mine some of the cool stuff that we have because who would have ever thought you'd get a reproductions of these blacklight posters, especially in a set. Right. It's funny because if you actually just do the math, they're only like a couple, like around 10 bucks a piece. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, if anyone's concerned about like the price tag, it's like, no, literally do the math, guys, you know? Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. It feels like these only exist in the age of artist editions. Right. You know, mm -hmm. if we weren't used to having that one shelf that doesn't make sense right. in our house. And, and just like, you know, you never thought you would get something bigger than those. They, they found a way to like sell you something even bigger. bigger. Like, where do we go from here? It's a good question. <laughs> I don't know the answer, but stay stay tuned. If we go somewhere, I'm sure we'll cover it on this station. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are out there. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there, man. Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, in stores now. Pick this up for a complete history of the Incredible Hulk or pre-order your copy of Hulk Grand Design for January 2023. It is a large, oversized collection, extra pages, and fluorescent green covers. So it'll fit right in with your Blacklight poster collection. Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Live, back in print from Image Comics after almost a year away from the shops. So pick that one up now and a perfect Christmas gift, and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see a lot more of my comics and art. Brian, tell the people what's up. We got Outer Heaven and Eightfold Path. Um, Eightfold Path is from Abrams Megascope, so that's available, uh, Amazon, wherever. And then we have Outer Heaven, uh, which is my self-published joint. I'm working on a second one right now. You can also get this guy on my Instagram um, and my Patreon, so just hit me up, Strange Things Moss. Red Room trigger warnings, Red Room the Anti-Social Network. These trade paperbacks are in stores today. Murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Each of these uh, collections uh, contains four complete stories. These are all self-contained, so give one book a shot. It's all good. If you dig it, try the other. I'm serializing new comics on my Patreon uh, and include all of this material up there. More than 300 pages worth of stuff for $3. Penny a page, man. Penny a page. Uh, hit up my link tree in the description below. You can get to all this stuff. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this 
video, you can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, and all kinds of stuff at our spread shop at the link below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, given those marching orders will be on our way. Read more comics.